Welcome back to Ashburton. We're uh, about ready to start now. It's political commentary. With Associate Professor Dr Lara Greaves. Kia ora, Lara, how are you this morning? Actually, what time is it for you? Because you are currently in Portugal. Kia ora, yes, I'm in southern Portugal now. Um, and Very it's, nice. I think it's like 6, 7 o'clock at night. Um, I'm over here, so as part of the EU free trade deal that New Zealand signed, we can now get their research funding. It's this thing called Horizon Europe. And, wow. Um, funny story, I just got an email one day from these people at the University of Coimbra um, in, in Portugal who were like, we love New Zealand. We think that you've got some skills. Would you like to join our team? So I joined their team and um, have been working, just started working with these really cool legal academics looking at democracy and, and all those sorts of and citizens' assemblies and inclusion and intersectionality and all those good things. Wow, what so an been, exciting space. Oh, yeah, I'm, it's been a blast, yeah. <laughs> I'm envious. It sounds like a really um, invigorating time. There is a lot to talk about in the democracy space happening in Aotearoa mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm. Let's start with the closure of News Hub or the announcement of the imminent mm. closure of News Hub, which uh, has really rocked people uh, yesterday. We've, you know, one of our two main public broadcasters uh, or central broadcasters in Aotearoa, what does this actually mean for the state of media and for the state of democracy potentially? Oh, well, it's just incredibly gutting when you look at some of those like incredible journalists and people who just, even even people like the camera operators yeah. and the producers and the people that we don't see. And if you look at, at, at all of them and, and how are they going to lose their jobs, it's just incredibly awful. But when you start to break it down and start to think of the sort of sources or the, or the news shows that, that um, they have within their sort of broader news hub stable, that's quite a lot of um, sort of journalism and people actually going and looking into into the government and holding them to account. Mm. And that's quite a lot of interviews. Um, you know, from time to time, various news hub, whether it be News Hub Nation or AM Show or any of those sorts of interviews, make headlines. And we're quite used to news hub hosting like a um, debate between potential prime ministers. So it's it's just a huge loss and it's just like I think in New Zealand we're used to doing things you know that number eight wire they're doing a lot with less yeah but this is substantively less within within journalism and and just thoroughly concerning and also it does seem at this point that there's not going to be any kind of bailout so then we've now got this issue of with the remaining journalists and the remaining networks that are you know going to be TVNZ fundamentally um, as a state broadcaster is that is that like a really like safe and stable and sensible way to have media be structured in a democracy? It's just there's so many like mm. concerns and questions from the shock announcement going forward. It is going to. I think that we're really only just starting to see what the ripple effects of this might be. There are already questions, I guess, about whether something will. Uh rise to fill this gap and what that might look like, whether that's something local or uh, an international network, perhaps. Do you have any thoughts about that or too soon to say? Well, I think we have to be really careful about what's going to fill the space because, yes, people are moving away from things like sitting down to watch the 6 o'clock news and they're moving away from, say, like, I don't know, looking at the RNZ app or whatever it is. But actually, when people are, say, like, stimulating their brains with social media or not, when people are, you know, going going to Instagram, going to TikTok and places like that, actually having good, reliable, like properly reviewed, properly edited, um, source, sourced, properly well-sourced uh, material is quite important. Mm. And that is where there is some kind of space. But still, it kind of does need to come from, like, a lot of that traditional journalistic background and training. I think that People tend to, like, bash media. I mean, I'm a political scientist, so people bash us too. But, you know, people <laughs> tend to bash media. But there's so much that goes on 
and it's got like such an important role that I think that yeah, it's it's not going to be a simple solution. Like there does need to be something fundamentally like well researched and mm. stable um, com- coming into that space. That might be a little bit more modern than what we're used to, but something needs to sit there with that proper background and training and, and rigour. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll definitely come back to this one because it's uh, really only just starting to unfold. But let's talk a bit about the urgency that the government has used to um, dissolve the Māori Health Authority, Te Whakawhai uh, Ora. Uh, this is this is obviously trying them trying to be within their 100-day plan, mm. Uh, mm. but it is massively concerning and there's been a lot of pushback about it. What's your, I guess, main takeaways from, from the big moves we've seen this week from the government? Yes, so what we're seeing in their discourse a lot at the moment is there are there are some things that they were criticised quite early on about um, doing or scrapping that they hadn't really campaigned on, um, the smoke-free legislation being the most obvious example. Yeah. But what we're seeing come from in their rhetoric now is, oh, we campaigned on this, like it was clear that we were going to do this all along. And I've seen that come through in quite a few other things that they've been doing lately. And so they're kind of making an argument that, hey, we said we were going to do this whole time, um, but we said this whole time that we are going to do this, it's not a surprise. They're trying to make that argument um, for not taking something through that full democratic process. I think it's interesting that no matter which party ends up being in opposition, they will end up criticising the government's use of urgency. And the big concern for most, I guess, democracy watchers around urgency is there isn't then that full select committee process yeah. and that full submission process. And what we're seeing, of course, is the government is going to allow um, David Seymour's Treaty Principles Bill mm. to have a full, the start of a select committee process and have, and, and you know, have some public submissions and a full public airing, but we're not going to see that for the disestablishment of Te Akafai order. And that's something that is going to be like a long-term damaging effect between really national and Māori voters, um, of which there are many of them, and there are many of them um, turning 18, and, and Māori are a very young population, so yeah. they have to be really careful to, to tread that line and really replace Te Akafai order with something that's going to work, which we haven't really seen evidence that they're going to have a robust replacement yet. Mm. How, how do you think mm. this is sitting with, you know, dyed-in-the-wool national voters? The Not not just this decision necessarily, because I, I guess you could say they did indeed campaign on this, but on the, the way we're seeing um, collaborative decisions from the three parties in this alliance at the moment happen, do you feel that national voters, those ones who really voted for a national party, are happy with the way things are moving at the moment? Well, it's really hard to tell because I think when your team wins, you get that little bit of a boost. I mean, that's in the social political psychology literature. So I suspect that that's something that's happened there. And we know from, what we know from that literature is that strong, committed partisans and people who really are, um, you know, in it with a party tend to back their decisions no matter what. Mm. So I think that that's, that's a, a different kind of positioning there. And but what I'm finding really hard to watch in the polls and kind of track where New Zealand is at, and this is kind of also related to media because I don't, I don't know what's going to happen to polling long term. Yeah. But our, our kind of one kind of higher quality poll is the, the Kantar public poll, the TVNZ one, or Varian. So it changes company name every five minutes. Um, the Varian, <laughs> Varian poll. And we, what we actually saw was we saw no honeymoon bump for the government. We haven't seen like this increase. We haven't seen a sort of any kind of increase for um, Luxon as Prime Minister and that, that those kind of preferred Prime Minister stakes either. So it's hard to really track as, as to exactly what's happening. And then within that, 
as well, if we look at sort of support for the current government, it's hard to know what happens to, like, voters, like where they go if they're dissatisfied with the current state of affairs. Mm. So where do dissatisfied New Zealand First voters go? Where do dissatisfied ACT voters go? And where does that, there's like this mythical median voter, the soft centrist kind of idea of a person that, that does exist, um, that goes between National and Labour and we don't really know what's happening to them. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit early to call as to what is exactly happening. But I suspect what will happen is a lot of people on the right will double down, a lot of people on the left will double down, and we know we'll get polarisation. That's yeah. what we're going to get. We're going to catch some polarisation. Yeah. Just briefly, I mean, it's another big topic to talk about, but uh, we've also seen the announcement that the government wants it to be illegal for people to wear gang patches out in public, and then there's also a raft of other things that sort of fall under that, uh, you know, complicated feelings about what colours you should be able to wear in certain spaces, etc. What is your, I guess, impression of this? Do you, does it sit in any um, conversation that experts are having about how how this might uh, affect gang activity? Well, I think a really great thing to read um, is Professor Andrew Geddes' piece in the spin-off where he just really explains the proposed law change and what's happened in Whanganui and other places in the past and the New Zealand Bill of Rights Act and Section 7 notices and all this nerdy stuff. Mm. Um, so basically, yeah, what it comes down to, though, is, and I've seen this argued in places, is that what we're going to see or what we have seen is headlines, national banks, gang patches, national cracks down on gangs or the government cracks down on gangs. And that is that, that kind of makes it look like they're doing stuff. The experts are going, oh, no, I'll know this, I'll know that. But, again, I, I, I find it hard to think that maybe they want the experts to disagree with them. They want the headlines. They want that kind of, well, of course, the ex- this idea that, oh, the experts, of course, they're pointy heads in universities. They won't understand, like that that kind of idea. So I do wonder if it's like, yeah, they're playing the experts a bit in, in, in some way. But I, I think that, yeah, fundamentally, as an associate professor, I'm on the side of the experts with this. This is not <laughs> going to make any material change. Um, but it will it will make it look like that they're doing something mm. um, and doing something where there's actually a lot of people are quite afraid of crime. Um, when you do talk to just random voters and people around, they are actually genuinely afraid Um and, and generally afraid for their safety and, and the safety of their property. So I think that that will give people a little bit of a bump. Mm. And the reality is, at the moment, is that um, the way that the economy and cost of living is going, that National do need like a story to make to make their voters feel um, as though there's change in the direction that they want. So that's, that's something for them and their voters, I guess. Well, it's been a big week. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time in Portugal and tell us all about it when you get back. And thank you so much for speaking <laughs> with us, Lara. We will talk to you very soon. Well done. Kia ora. You just heard a bit of political commentary.